disappoints me that we don't have the happy sporty one. The eating girl. The Sundere. <laughs> the eating girl isn't a trope. <laughs> it really is, though. The eating you know, girl? There's girls that are literally known to just eat food. And that's constantly. their personality? Yeah. Okay, well, that explains my problem with the main girl. Eats that's a lot of people's problems with the main girl. <laughs> She's like a Sundere, but also like <laughs> eats likes eating but then another one of the twins is also a sundere exactly and you're like but why it's because of you (laughs) because nino is the actual sundere and so they can't make itsuki too much of a sundere so so they just make her kind of normal like a rational person with a little bit of sundere qualities and then she eats and that's that's her that's That's her (laughs) that's who she is yeah i told you there's an eating girl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, fine. I'm I'm lowering my bar. I'm lowering it. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Applied Anime. I'm Dodo Ballet. And I'm Fan. Join us as we jump in the deep end and dissect our favorite shows. As always, we want to hear from you. Our podcast is hosted on Anchor at listen.appliedanime.com. You can find us on our website at appliedanime.com. You can join our Discord from the homepage of that website, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.appliedanime.com. Spoiler alert! This week we spoil Quintessential Quintuplets, Nisekoi, Kiss Him Not Me, World God Only Knows, My Next Life as a Villainous, All Routes Lead to Doom, Shuffle, Akana Iro ni Sumaru Saka, Mashiro Iro Symphony, and Zero no Sakaima. There's also a content warning for sexual harassment. So, Feon, what are we discussing today? Today we're talking about harem anime! You still haven't seen a lot of harems, Dodo. It's a sad tragedy of life. Well, you did have me watch two pretty good harems for this episode. You had me watch Quintessential Quintuplets, which will definitely be good for getting our foot in the door in terms of popularity. Very popular show. Even though everyone might be mad we haven't seen season two yet. That's fine. Getting there, guys. Getting there. I will say I also watched Nisekoi and boy. Season one and two or just one? Just one. I, well, I wasn't able to get through two. And it was also discouraged from doing so. I did not discourage you. Well. I just told you it was lots of filler. Right. Well, I'll still watch it eventually. But anyway, before we get into either of those shows, I wanted to ask you, Fayon, about harems as a sort of genre because it strikes me as very odd that that sort of specific social situation 
would be prevalent enough that it would have its own genre, like sports shows or like uh, isekais or whatever. Like, why is the harem genre so prevalent? And I guess maybe like what what is the harem genre in the first place for those who are unfamiliar? I guess we should start with what is harem. Essentially, it's pretty simple, though. Uh, so there's two types of harems. There's the harem genre, which is a male protagonist with a mainly female cast. Sometimes there's some males, but usually they're like feminine males that are all interested in the protagonist. And then you have reverse harems, which are a female lead with multiple males that are interested in her. Occasionally you'll find a female love interest that is also masculine, but that is not always the case. So to break it down as like a genre, I think that there's a lot of series that are within different genres, such as isekais, school anime, yada yada, action, whatever. And there's a lot of harem aspects within those shows because like you if you have any, you know, any decent male lead, they're going to attract multiple female side hoes, I guess. Like we talked about in SAO. Yeah, like like Kirito's a great example. Like Kirito's goal in life isn't I'm gonna be this hot guy that gets all the ladies. No, he's just going out and helping girls and all these girls happen to fall in love with him. So it has like haremish aspects. But I think if you're going to talk about a real harem on like a show where um, the main guy or girl character is surrounded by multiple other characters and the focus of the show focuses on their relationship and each one of them kind of like trying to win over the main person's heart. There's I mean, most of the time there's like, you know, a side story of some sort going on or like um, it's not like there's not other things that happen. And like a lot of the time when it is like a harem anime, um, usually each girl kind of gets their own arc or like time with the main guy character. And a lot of it comes down to the fandom not really being able to choose who they want to win is usually a good tell of, well, no, that's just like kind of a normal thing when there's, you know, more than one girl, interested girl in the main guy character. Like even in SAO, I assume people like Kirito with some of the other girls, but Asuna best girl. I mean, they're canon, so it's a little bit harder to fight. But, like, in a lot of other different harem series, until, like, the ending, it's very... It's not ambiguous, but the main guy lead usually, like, has trouble choosing who he wants to be with in the end. And most of the time, because animes are never finished, and because a lot of harems never really get that second season that sometimes they need or deserve, um, we're left on a cliffhanger where there's not a real conclusion and they can just keep on making episode after episode after episode and, like, if there is enough, like, other stuff going on, they can just keep on prolonging the ending until it never happens and he always is in this limbo of multiple girls. Which is kind of annoying. It's annoying, but it, it makes sense because that's the narrative drive of the show. If it resolves, then it's like, yeah, we want it to end, right? The, the whole drive of the show is that we want eventually to see that payoff and see who's yeah. gonna win in that way it's it's its own <laughs> competition show in a sense um, yeah although the competition shows usually focus on one team or one one uh, athlete or whatever but like and the other thing i want to just point out too when you think of a harem outside of the anime context just like the word harem this is a little different in that it's not saying oh this guy is surrounded by like four or five girls and they were all like head over heels in love with him and they all like acknowledge that and like that they're all sort of doing this sort of polygamous thing it's yeah, more it's not like, like uh it's not like back in the day when kings had like many wives yeah it's more so like there's just a lot of people interested in one person without any real relationships established in any way shape or form well 
okay, I'll put it this way. Sometimes there is a relationship established in the sense of, like, these two are affianced, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because, like, they either don't like each other, they don't want to admit they like each other, yada, 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 you know? Like, yeah. there's a lot of series that are like, oh my god, you guys are fiancés, but guess what? There's 17 other girls who are also interested in the main guy character. So it's still a competition in a way. And he's still open for everybody to love. <laughs> as long as he hasn't chosen anyone, it's fair game. It's almost like a reluctant version of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. <laughs> Where you don't realize yeah. you're on the show, but you're on the show, and you don't really realize that you're in love with the person, but you're in love with the person. And I mean, some people are better at acknowledging it than others. Sure, but of, I like that analogy of the bachelor plus bachelorette. Yeah, that that was clever. Sure, Sim similar uh, dramatic tool. Mm. But yeah, I mean, if we want to go into the generics of a harem, because I do think it is kind of an interesting like genre in general, and I will say like. When I first started watching anime, I watched a lot of harems, which I think is a little abnormal for females. I think a lot more females do like watching reverse harems because they like seeing a lot of hot guys. I'm biased and I like hot girls. So like in harems, you see a lot more girls than you do guys. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting when you think about like the different types, because a lot of harems, I feel like, too, that are of like the popular genre. So there's like zero. Um. I like how Zero no Sakaima is the first one come to mind. It is a harem, but like, there, I mean, there are a lot of like isekai harems, but like the big ones that I think of are like To Love Ru, Kiss Exist was big in its day. I mean, Zero no Sakaima was, is a harem. Heaven's Last Property, High School DXD. I need to think of the ones that aren't dirty though, too. There's like, you know, pure harems too <laughs> out there. Da, 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 da. There's a really good reverse harem about samurai guys. So the series is called Hakuoki, and essentially it's like these really hot samurai guys with swords. And there's this girl. I don't even know the plot anymore, I just know that there's a girl, and she's surrounded by these hot samurai guys, and they're all interested in her for some reason. And somehow it switched from being them being like hot samurai guys to being like later in historic- Because it's like a historical series. They suddenly like become more modern and they have guns and they get their hair cut, and I was actually really sad to see their like samurai haircuts go, because- they looked really good as samurai. Anyway, that was like one of my few harems that I've- reverse harems. Well, that and like, kiss him, not me. Sorry, I'm going off the tracks. But like, when you think of a harem though, there's- this is- this is standard bread and butter harem, right? You have a main guy, and this main guy character has long-term feelings for the girl next door character. And the girl next door character also has long-term feelings for the guy character. However, they're really bad at telling each other how they feel. Or the main guy character maybe doesn't actually realize his feelings for the, the neighbor next door character. But then it happens. There's a new girl that appears. And this new girl is very spunky. She's either like an alien. She's like anything from a different planet. She's just this new girl. And somehow she is now very much in this guy's life. To the point that either she is like a romantic interest. She's just kind of there she needs to like live with him because she's from another planet or like they're suddenly in like cahoots about this huge mission or something that they have to accomplish together and now you've set yourself up for the perfect little harem triangle right so you have the main guy interested in now because you were like three to four episodes in is now interested in the main girl character that is probably going to be the choice and then the girl next door character 
And these are the two main ones. But then you get all the other side hoes, right? You get the the sexual one. You get the derpy one. You get the older sister one. Um, Aren't the older sister and the sexual one? I mean, it's kind of interchangeable. It kind of depends, in my opinion. If you think of Hog and I, I think you, you haven't seen the show, but it's that show that when you were asking about like robotic sex sort of scene sort of things, it's that show. So there's a scientist girl, her name's Rika. When was I asking about And she is really sexual about like robots, but she's a younger girl character. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're interchangeable, sometimes they're not. Usually the older senpai girl's like the more calm and the more like motherly type, like without actually being their mom. Mm-hmm. But the number one rule of most harems is the first girl that appears is the girl that wins. That's just like meta in a way. And then there's series that break the meta and you're just angry. I'm looking at you, Akaneiro no Samaru Saka. Ugh. That one, Shuffle, and Mashiro Iro Symphony, The Color of Lovers. That one sounds like it hurts you, Feiyang. That one physically hurt me because I didn't. I wanted blonde girl to win, not older sister girl to win. I was mad. Anyway, but a lot of series that are longer don't actually choose a girl. There's also some twists, though, too, that are fun in some other series. But yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll stop ranting and raving about how my feelings about harems. Well, before we dive into a specific show here, I just wanted to think about this a little bit more because the two shows that you gave me to watch, and this is true in just a lot of anime in general, but especially in these shows, holy shit, the male gaze was like so prevalent. And, like, constantly, like, panning up the girls' bodies, like... Yeah. And, like, zooming in on their boobs and, like, zooming in on their hips and stuff. And, like, oh, if she's crossing her legs, better get a sh- good shot of that. It's really, at least in, in these two shows that I watched and I think in some other shows as well, uh, it's just a really strong focus on sexualizing the girls. And it, a lot of times it's specifically from the perspective of the main character And it seems like this sort of framework, obviously based in sort of objectification, over-sexualization, and it also seems to kind of be doing a similar thing as like, you know, a visual novel does, right? Where, or I guess it depends on the visual novel, but if you were playing a visual novel, a lot of times the experience is like, we want to make the player feel like they have all of this like female attention on them, at least if it's geared towards a straight male audience and so there's all this attention all these girls are giving you attention and that's like the appeal and that seems to be very similar to what the harem genre at least in my in my like cynical feminist reading that seems to be kind of what it tries to do um but that's not to say that it can't also do other things as well and kind of subvert that but at least from what i've seen that seems to be a lot of its appeal and a lot of its just structural element and, and the reason I bring up visual novels in this context, too, is because a while ago we watched World God Only Knows, where it kind of combines them in the fact that it's an anime centered around a single guy, but his whole interaction with the world is basically him trying to interact with real girls using skills picked up from visual novels. And so it's almost this translation for him of, I learn these 
skills from visual novels and I get all this attention from women, virtual women in, in visual novels. And then I translate that into real life. Of course, it's still an anime, um, which itself is kind of ironic. And I know we've talked about this before, but just that that kind of sort of combines it into a sort of pseudo harem structure where he's, again, like li- living out his fantasy in, quote, real life even though it's still mediated through this supernatural situation that could never actually happen. But I was just curious to hear from you if there were harems, and it seemed like you were alluding to this, any harems that sort of subvert um, the male gaze, and I guess reverse harems do that for sure, but like, or, or just in the way that the, sh- the scenes are shot, or if there are any shows that, that kind of challenge that sort of formulation of the genre. I mean, you're talking about series where... A good harem, if they're doing it correctly, I guess, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. is a, a waifu farm, right? So, like, the idea of having a harem series in general is creating a world where there's multiple hot girls that somebody, you're going to choose one, and then you make money off of selling merchandise based off of them because waifu farming. The thing I meant to actually say earlier, though, too, is, like, Along with the male gaze, you usually have, like, the accidental pervy scenes where the male character falls into their chest, blah, 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 depending on which show you're watching, and, like, Tilavru accidentally puts his fingers in her panties, and yada yada, boob grabs, and all that other stuff. And, like, along with the male gaze, it really does make you, as a viewer, really see these girls in, like, a sexual light, I guess. So I can see that, but I don't know if there's truly a show that doesn't, like, accentuate the female characters in that way, because they're- it, I don't want to say they need to, but it's like, their personalities are so baseless anyway, for the most part, that they need to kind of go off of the fact that these characters are, like, attractive to people to want to, like- support them in a way too if that makes sense it seems like part of the structural integrity of the genre itself yeah it in this in the sense of it being like literally being fan service right like you're saying yeah there'd be no reason not to sexualize them i guess if you're not worried about objectification or anything like that they're not yeah like if you think about any like harem the girls kind of make the harem because i mean in a lot it's kind of like the same thing with uh hentai in a way too like mm-hmm. when any of the scenes happen like the main guy character is phased out almost like because you're supposed to picture yourself as them mm-hmm. so like i mean there are shows where you're like oh yeah the the main guy character you actually know his name which is pretty impressive sometimes <laughs> but like they're essentially like a character that you're supposed to phase out like they don't really have a personality they're kind of just generic they don't really do much like whenever you see like a scene where like oh no he fell on top of her like sometimes you see him on top of her or you see it from his perspective right of being on top of her which allows the person watching to like feel like they are the main protagonist yeah and you were kind of saying like these characters like these girls are really like shallow superficial characters like cardboard cutouts sometimes sometimes for sure and i'm not saying this is the case for anime as much as hentai but like the fact that you try to phase out the main character, make them more of a generic anybody, is sort of contrasted against the usually girls being so entrenched in their character almost from the get-go. And of course, there's room for people to change, and that's part of how the plot develops. But like, it seems like a lot of times just the f- that they are so saturated with their own like 
a lot of times fairly limited character i don't know it's just sort of like this contrast between like a hyper hyper character versus non-character in a way which is interesting because you would usually you would expect your protagonist to be one of your most like nuanced characters the one that has the most personality and the most substance to what they're doing but that seems not to be the case for very specific reasons that's usually like the main love interest girl in my opinion Mm -hmm. oh there's a lot of good harems so now i'm thinking about it like I kind of miss some of the old ones, like Princess Lover. My mind just kind of wandered. But What's great about Princess Lover, though? One thing is a little different is that there's not, like, the girl next door-ish character in a way. Because it's like he, his, I don't remember, his grandfather died or something. Some, some parent, I think his parents die in a car accident, so he gets taken in by his grandfather who's, like, really rich. And suddenly he's, like, going to a school with princesses, essentially. And so he... He obviously saves one of them, but then he also re- finds out that he's affianced to the other one. And so, like, those are the two main ones. And you have the smart girl, you have the spunky Sundere girl, and, like, he just meets all these other girls that, like, all like him, but, you know, the, the one that's, like, always on top of him, which is Charlotte, is the one that's totally gonna win. I don't know, it, it's a weird balance between, like, a girl that's, like, always on top of the main guy character versus, like, multiple girls that are all, like, fighting for equal rights in a way. Princess Lover is kind of like that or like Rosario Vampire with Mocha because Mocha's like all over the main guy character in that one but there's multiple girls that want his attention but he's always like fixated on Mocha. So there's a there are series where like the main guy character is almost like kind of ish chose a girl but because he hasn't fully committed they're not dating it's still okay for all these other girls to hang out with him as like and, like, I mean, I'm not saying that girls and guys can't be friends, but, like, they're definitely not there to be his friend if they're shoving his arms in their boobs. You kind of have both of those feels with two new shows that just came out, right? Like, Quintessential Quintuplets, because of the name, like, there's five sisters that are all twins and they all want to want the attention of the main guy character, kind of. They're all very equal in the sense of, like, they all kind of want their equal time with him and they do a good job of, like, Spending the time with each individual girl. Whereas you have the contrast of Rent-A-Girlfriend, where the main guy character is obsessed with a singular girl, for the most part, but there's other girls interested in him, but because he hasn't fully committed or hasn't actually told main girl character his feelings, these other girls can keep on trying until the day that they both are in some committed relationship, because I guess that's how it works. As long as you're not in a committed relationship, anybody can attempt to date you. I mean, I don't think that actually stops people from from it either, but, like, that's the, I guess, the idea, or the ideal that anime tries to portray. As long as you're not taken, you're free game. But I think we'll get into the weird, wacky, and wild later. I want to kind of end with that, um, because there's a lot of things that... I think are kind of interesting that some people have done to mm, change-ish the harem genre. I don't know, I think um, at least from the mangas that I've read that are harem-y too, I, I kind of like the fact that they really dig into each arc a little bit more in mangas than they do in anime. Because mm-hmm. the animes are kind of shallow, right? Like, yeah, you almost know every single episode that's gonna happen. <laughs> like, there's gonna be a beach episode, there'll be like a... Like a festival. Festival of some sort. If it's a school event, you know there's going to be like an exam day sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like one of those one of those shows. Right, but I mean, to, to be fair, it's not like they're using all of those events to move the plot in the exact same way either. It's, no, they're not. A lot of times not. they become sort of just empty settings to be like, okay, let's advance our plot, but in bikinis today. Well, yeah, you know, so you can sell the expensive as fuck merchandise. 
True. I will say, though, like, I don't know, I was thinking about Darling in the Franks and how, like, it's not really a harem, it's just a love triangle because there's not, like, to me, a harem, you need usually, like, more than two girls. Mm-hmm. Two girls make a love triangle, five girls make a harem. What do four girls make, Feon? A smaller harem. If you think about it, though, like, a real harem, right, has all the different girl types. I mean, there's always, like, the happy girl, the cool girl, the sundete girl, the quiet girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older sister girl, the lolly, whatever. M- mix and match. Sometimes there's overlap. You gotta have more than just the two to make it a true harem. But anyway, I guess we can get into the series that you actually watched, even though you could have watched more. Well, I would like to start with um, Quintessential Quintuplets. This is the one I watched first. Without revealing too much, I believe it is a travesty, an injustice, that Quintessential Quintuplets has a .03 higher rating on my anime list than Nisekoi, when Nisekoi is by far a better show. Like, not close. Not comparable. That's because Nisekoi should be, like, one of the staple harem series of its generation. And it's fantastic. But Quintessential's also going to become a staple series of its generation. It's not bad. I gave it a 7. I think that you're you're biased off of, like, off of not what? having watched a lot of harems. That's not a bias. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bias, because you just don't know. The bias comes when you have watched harems. I'm a tabula rasa. Well, like, you haven't seen a lot of harems, so you don't realize how trash some are, and how this one's actually really (laughs) a breath of fresh air compared to, like, a lot of harems that have been coming out lately. So you're saying I'm biased because my standards are too high? No, I'm just saying that you don't appreciate all the qualities of Quintessential that you should. Okay, like what? And again, I'm not saying it's a bad show, but... What Just is go over you your think? shit first, and then we can go over what I'm thinking about the show, because it's also been a while. Okay, I will just briefly summarize. I will again say, neither of us have seen the second season. Yeah, I've only seen the first. Okay, I've seen the first episode, but it's hard because of the animation difference. So, Quintessential Quintuplets is about a guy named Futuro, and he is a really smart guy. He's like the smartest guy in the class or whatever, always aces all of his tests. And he gets hired by the super rich guy to be the tutor for his five daughters, who are quintuplets in his grade. And so... They're also raging idiots. They are They are very not good at school. They each have their own subject that they're good at. And of course, it's five different subjects for each of them. And by good at, I mean they can like just barely pass in those subjects if they study really hard. <laughs> And then the rest, they're just absolutely terrible. And so most of these five girls are resistant to him tutoring them in one way or another. Um, But they all have very different personalities, despite being quintuplets. Um, They style their hair differently. Um, They just act very differently. And they kind of embody some of these different cookie-cutter personalities that Feon has talked about. Although they're, you know, they're not all exactly generic i mean that's basically the plot is these five girls in a very incongruous way depends on the girl kind of fall in love with the guy and um in their own special ways they interact with him they have their own unique moments with him and in a way they try to kind of almost navigate with each other as well because unlike in other harems where these girls might not necessarily be friends they might even be outright like pledged enemies 
Or they might just not even know each other very well. They're all friends in the end, any harem you're watching, though. Is that actually true? Yeah, they all turn out to be friends eventually. Like, they're all kind of like, like, think about SAO. Like, they're all friends in that. I guess so. They're like rival friends, but they're still friends. Okay, but even so, there's something, I feel like there's something a little different in the dynamics of it is different in this, because, because they're sisters. They are sisters. Yeah, they have to live together. They already are very, like, they've lived with each other their whole lives. They have these uh, familial connection, and that kind they of know each other. On. Yeah, and they, yeah, they know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Okay, I'll say this, unlike in other harem series, they have an allegiance to each other already in a way that they don't yet have to the protagonist so that changes the dynamics a little bit if that makes yes. sense uh, which is kind of cool to see actually um exactly. but that's basically the plot and oh well and the big overarching thing is that um, at the very beginning you see a wedding scene where you see the bride's face but because her hair is styled differently you can't tell which girl it is theoretically i have my own theories on that but i will get back to it but theoretically, you can't tell which of the twins it is. And so the whole crux of the show is trying to figure out, okay, which of these five girls is he going to end up actually marrying? Because it's not going to be all five of them. It's just going to be one, in theory. So that kind of frames the show. At the end of season one, there's this rumor that that if you hold hands with your partner at the end of the year at some like student bonfire thing... At Whoever you're holding hands with, but at like the last dance or the last song of the bonfire will be the person that you're with forever that you end up marrying. And so in the final scene, he's really like sick. And so he has to, he can't go to the fire, even though they had kind of made plans to do stuff there. And so all on their own accord with their own like sort of different reasons for doing so, they all like sneak into his room where he's lying there sick. And while he's asleep, all five of them. And it looks like it's Itsuki who's like holding his hand. Like the way they, they frame that episode in the shot, they're like, okay, Itsuki is the one holding his hand. And then at the very end of the episode, they cut to it and they show that, oh, when this final song ends, all five of them are literally holding one of his fingers. So it, it opens the way to say, oh, okay, so it could have could be any of them if we believe the, the myth in the first place. But, but yeah, that's the show, basically. Season one, at least. So... Yeah, I mean, we've already started talking about this, but, like, I definitely feel like there... This one was a little strange to me just because it felt, like, so formulaic off the... Like, right off the bat, like, okay, they're going to be these five girls. They're probably each going to get one episode in the first season, at least. And then we'll see what happens from there, I guess. But that's really not what happened at all. I I think each girl, in a way, they, they do give special attention to at different times but i was mapping it out at least at the beginning of the season to see like how much attention are they giving to each girl and it definitely was not like they were trying to hit their marks with each one like they're they're kind of trying to give equal time but not really it was interesting to see miku who is the really shy one kind of becomes the one who is obviously in love with him and that kind of comes to her feelings first and her clear connection to him almost acts as a sort of gauge for the others in a way. Um, at least Ichika, who's the sort of, which is funny to say that she's like the big sister character. And at some point he's like, you know, you're all, you're all quintuplets, but you're like the big sister. 
and she, that's like how she acts which is just kind of ironic to see in a show that's literally framed around them all being this exact same age yeah but you have to have the older sister character girl right which is like it it kind of highlights like how stuck we are in these tropes that like this is the situation where that couldn't happen and yet it still happened anyway even in real life you have like even if you have twins you probably have one that like either is the older one or like acts like the older one that's fair i guess that does highlight how a lot of it's more of a social construct than an actual matter of age-based authority but yeah, I just, the, my, my overall very broad observations about the show is that it's very interesting that they didn't necessarily give equal time to every girl, and that the time that they did give was used in different ways depending on the girl, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like, the one that ex- like stands out to me is Yotsuba, because she barely gets any, like, real substantive time where it's like, we're, we're developing Yotsuba as a character, we're giving her time when we're not giving the other four girls time. Like, she gets, like, half an episode where she's, like, doing stuff with him specifically. But the thing is with her is that she is able to connect with him in a way that the other four girls necessarily don't because she is so, like, eager and willing to, like, be open with him and, like, yeah, let's study together, let's do this thing when the other girls are a lot more wishy-washy or at least uh, less or more reserved about it. And so in a way that she's kind of like this figure that is there as like a like just someone who gets along really well and that becomes kind of her thing even though she doesn't get like a really deep like character dive to be like here are my real feelings blah 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 so she doesn't really seem to have much going on upstairs wow i wanted to see an episode of her like where they go like watch her play basketball or something and then we could see like a little more I refuse to believe that Yotsuba is, is just a ditzy airhead. I want her to have more going on. I mean, she probably has more than just that going on. We'll see it in season two. But like, for how much time they spent on the other ones, arguably her and Miku have shorter arcs because they are pretty fast at realizing their feelings. I don't know if Yotsuba... Well, like, maybe not her... It doesn't have to be feelings, but like, him getting along with them. Okay, yeah. It's not going to yeah. take long if they're not going to push back. Her main thing is just like, oh, look, someone needs me. Bye. Mm-hmm. And half the time, the sisters trick her into leaving. <laughs> I mean, like her own leaving is someone tricks her into leaving. And then they spend like a few episodes of Lottie Do where like he's like, oh, no, I saw one of you in a towel. Which one was it? Right. Oh, no. That's the other thing with this show is that you get a lot of um, like doppelganger moments because the girls. Can... That's the fun part, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, sure. It's also filler. Mm hmm. But yeah, they can like basically transform into each other. <laughs> By just changing their hairstyles to be one of the sisters, even though it's very yeah. obvious to the viewer which one they are because their hair colors are different. Yeah, yeah. But I really love the scene where they like go, they try and get past the guard in the school. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my favorite scenes. That one was, I liked that one because it was so absurd. Like they weren't trying to be like even remotely realistic about that. <laughs> and yeah. literally just replacing the bow and then they have him do it too and have him wearing the bow it's like, getting dragged off it's like oh okay that's where we draw the line that's where they can't tell yeah, yeah that was funny i enjoyed that scene <clears throat> i'm not saying that this show's better than nisekoi but i still think it's better than your like generic average harem okay because i think that 
the the story itself is funnier and like more fun just because of the sisters dynamics i do think they go a little bit more in depth and like there's a lot of sister playing off each other i think that's something that you don't get to see a lot in a lot of series because you know like like you said earlier not a lot of them aren't siblings right there's not like and a lot of them have like this mentality of like hey we all grew up together hey we all really care about each other but there's like that sharing mentality that siblings have or they've probably learned as like being quintuplets and like love isn't a thing you can share ideally right and so you get a lot of this tension between them being like oh my god i've realized my feelings but at the same time it's like but what about when i realize my sister's also in love with him too and that's where a lot of the conflict kind of comes up too between them which kind of interesting where you the only other show i really saw that was in kiss x sis where it's you know twin step siblings are in love with their sorry twin sisters are in love with their step sibling brother and so like between the two of them they rival each other right the entire time and they're two very different like character types so like it's fun to see that but when it comes to like random third party candidates trying to like steal him away they very much are like let's work together sis to get rid of this competition and then we can have our own competition and I'll... but at the end of the day when i'm watching like kiss x sis i'm like i want both of you to win <laughs> please i mean and that's that's just to say that like the conception of love here is also ironically pretty monogamous so like we're not conceiving in a harem of a world where a polygamous relationship could be possible like yeah i mean that's what the idea is, is essentially the competition is the fact that love is monogamous ideally in anime so like you can't yeah. have that would be cool to see something that oh hunter but... no worries we're getting there oh okay interesting Kind of. Um, probably not exactly <laughs> as far as you want, but but we're getting there. Okay. But I said, the, like I said, the weird wacky in the wild. Wacky. Wacky! But yeah, I don't know. Quintessential is a pretty fun show, though, in general. I kind of, I've enjoyed it. I liked it more than, you know, maybe it was the breath of fresh air it was after watch, having to watch Rent-A-Girlfriend. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It was definitely a breath of fresh air, because the guy's not, like, a horn dog. The guy's pretty decent person. I know. I actually really liked that he had his own development. And, mm -hmm. like, it wasn't just, like, a give relationship where he's, like, teaching them how to do it, everything. Like, they're teaching him things, too, about, like, realizing that there's more to life than just studying. And I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, definitely. There's not as much give and take, I feel like, in, in a lot of harem series, too. Yeah, I mean, God forbid we have a, a protagonist, too, who learns something. True. More than just friendship. We need a competition show protagonist in a harem series, right? Where it's all based upon their own growth. So, Food Wars? Food, is Food Wars really a harem, though? I mean, he has girls that are all interested in him. Not really. It's like two girls. And you said two I girls know. doesn't make a harem. There's more than two. There's, there's three. Irina, there's Megumi, and who else? Meat Girl. Meat Girl, yeah, but she's... I never... Girl. Hey, just because she doesn't have a chance doesn't make her part of the harem. Yeah, but like anyone just... interested counts. I guess she's just such a side character, though. That doesn't matter. A lot, a good portion of girls in a harem can be side characters too, depending on what, like, if it's a one main girl side hose sort of thing. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Very well. Well, okay. Let me ask you this though, Fayon. I I told you my thoughts on this a, a little bit ago, but. Of the five girls, two questions. Who do you think he should marry? 
Who do you think he actually marries? I think he actually marries Itsuki, because first mm-hmm. girl rule. And I like Itsuki. Okay. Why? Because I like gluttons. <laughs> I mean, I, I also am just biased with first girl, first girl rule. I also think that I personally think she's the prettiest of all of them. Okay. But I also just like enjoy her as a character, and like I know that she's like Nino or whatever is also soon soon. But like I don't really like Nino, mm-hmm. and I like don't mind a character. Like it's not like she's an extreme soon soon. Like Nino's like clearly more soon soon than she is, mm-hmm. but she has like that average-ish soon soon feel. Like you know when when people like right. just get embarrassed at normal things. That's what I really like about Itsuki, at least, is that. The, almost like the fact that she doesn't have as much of a cardboard cutout character means that they kind of have to write her like a more normal person and that she kind of has to be more reasonable and less like stuck in the few avenues of how will this person respond to this event, right? Like she has to be written in less of a clear cut way. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually helps in this case. And, and yeah, like the fact that she's the initially the one who like brings him into the whole thing and is kind of like was the initial. Oh like, yeah, that was fucking funny though. I love the beginning where she's like, "Oh hey, like you're really smart. You can do you mind tutoring me?" And he's all like, "No," and she's like, "I hate you, Rar." And then he's like, "Hi, I'm your new tutor," and she's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, I enjoy her as a character, though, because she's not afraid to also just be herself in a way, and, like, like she's kind of the, the try-hard normal one, mm-hmm. which I also enjoy with her. Like, she doesn't try and get out of it because A, B, and C, she pretty much has a reason not to like him, originally. She is stubborn, so it's really hard for her to not, to, like, admit that, like, she's over the whole him saying no to her originally and like her actually like wanting his help still because you know he is smart and she wants to do well but she's Mm -hmm. just stubborn and like i think that's fine as a characteristic of a character because like pride is a thing and these girls did grow up in privilege and probably have decent pride yeah well and he was like a dick to her he was very much a dick to her at the same time yeah so yeah it's justified for sure like i don't think i could handle every sundere being the extreme that is louise francois from zero no Sukaima, but louise francois is one of my favorite characters so like i accept the fact that she hits him with a riding crop but he's also <laughs> a dumbass and deserves to be hit with the riding crop too sometimes because mm-hmm. he's very much one of those like a very cliche thing with harem male protagonist too Ooh, okay at least with like zero no sakaima is louise and saito getting to know each other right it's very wishy-washy of like because she doesn't she's very soon soon to him and like treats him like a dog treats him like trash kind of and over the time of the first season she starts to like grow feelings for him by like season two or three she like actually likes him and he's admitted to liking her back but then there's like five other girls that are also interested in him and, like, even though he says he likes Louise, his eyes will still wander frequently to the other girls. And so she hits him for it. Which, like, I can't blame her for it because he's kind of being a dumbass about it. But then, like, as it progresses, right, like, they've really solidified that he really only likes her. Will still I wander? Uh, still allow these girls to hang off him? And it's not, I guess, until they're married that, like, they actually back the fuck off? And, like, I mean, she doesn't handle it well either. 
but like at the same time where's the line like i mean they never do solidify their relationship being like oh yes we're dating or anything but like at the same time like is that where the cutoff is 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 it marriage if there's no other like solidify like without a solidifying definition of what you are like anything the free game i don't know that's that's where i get annoyed is like when when both of them are like fully committed being in love with each other admitting their feelings but like still are wishy-washy about it it's like come on like you've already committed like what is what is your why but yeah i don't know quintessential quintuplets season two is still burns my eyes every time i try and watch it so i'll get through it eventually they change studios and it hurts i guess i care about which one you think should end up with him and which one you think he ends up with it's one of those like standard questions you ask when watching a harem i think i agree that i do think he does marry itsuki first girl rule yeah, well first girl rule and i took a close close look at that final scene of the wedding I didn't look at the hair, but I looked at the eyes. Mm-hmm. And the shapes of their eyes are a little bit different, too. They yeah, can change, cause... but they do have different eyes. And I yeah. think Itsuki's eyes are definitely the closest to the bride's. Ichika, maybe, but not really. The other three, almost certainly not. Well, without her headphones, I can't tell who Miku is. <laughs> right. I think it's Itsuki, personally. Again, the fact that she's the first girl, she's the one that brings him in. And she's the one that has, like, the, like, her relationship with him is tied most directly to the progression of the overall plot. Like, the other girls, they have, like, subplots with him in a way. Like, like, Nino especially is a perfect example of that, where she is in love with a fake version of himself that is his own relative. Which is, like, that was, the, that was actually pretty shitty of him, um, to build up that lie and, let her to continue to believe that there's this, <laughs> this relative of his that like blows her off at the most inopportune times and oh, like yeah. runs away from her and ghosts her and like leads her on but she's just like head over heels for this other version of himself that's blonde and is supposedly more of a badass but i will say i don't think itsuki is again based on the first season i think ichika the big sister character is the one who deserves to marry him i disagree but it's fine i don't like her she she has the most i think the most intimate time spent with him they do them they find out the most about each other she's able to talk to him as an adult or like in more of an adult way doesn't that just come with her maturity though yes but i think that maturity goes a long way in terms of being able to communicate with him in an open and honest way Unlike, say, with, like, Nino or someone, right? They're able to actually connect and, like, interact with each other as, like, normal human beings again. Reminiscent of Bunny Girl Senpai. I don't know. My argument, though, is, like, if he chose one of the other girls that weren't as mature, they could still grow together, though. Yeah. I don't know if you're just biased, though, too, because we're older and we, like, we appreciate more mature people in relationships, but these are, like, high schoolers. I just don't like Ichika, but I also just don't like girls with short hair. Wow. Is that the only reason you don't like her? She's not my favorite. I respectfully disagree. Yeah, I know. All I'm saying is that I think I I agree with you about the maturity bias thing, but I think it's also like the threshold of, of represented maturity is on average lower than it actually is. Like high schoolers are generally more mature than they are portrayed in 
media. I know that's a broad claim to make and it's bold, but I think that is generally true. Yeah. That's not I to say high schoolers don't do absolutely dumbass things. Everyone does dumbass things, though. You don't have right. to be. I'm just saying, though, too, that, like, I know that you think that they've connected on this great brand, big level. But at the same time, if you think about the way that their relationship is going, too, he's going to be the one to pull her into being more of her childish self instead of being the older sister that she's always been. Okay. Is that a bad thing? No, it's just, I don't like her. I don't want her to win. I'd rather have Miku win. Miku's fine. Her voice actor is also named Miku. Fun fact. Forgot who voices everyone again. Inori Minase plays Itsuki. Yeah, she's a pretty big one. Kana Hanazawa, though, is a huge VA, and not surprising that she's playing Ichika. Oh, I forgot Aya Uchida was actually in this series, but she sings the ending song that I love. Thanks for putting it in, Dodo. Mission time! Back in the day when I was a wee child on the internet, I found this website called Omegle. I talked to a lot of random people, but the one thing that everybody had in common, at least the ones that wanted to talk longer, was having a kick account. And so my little, my little naive ass got a kick account because there's no way in hell I'm sending these random online dudes I've met my f- real phone number. Um. I would. I made a kick account to talk to all of them, and there was like six of them that I was talking to at one point. There was this nice younger guy from Washington who I was a little bit concerned about. He really liked anime, didn't really have a lot of friends. And then there was some kind of more hick dude, I think. And then there was the the one that seemed older that liked anime. And then there's other ones that I I remember talking to three other ones that I just don't remember. And then some for some reason, like, one after the other, they all just started confessing their feelings for me. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we- I barely even talk to you. I don't give you any personal information. You literally know almost nothing about me on a personal level. Why do you feel so connected to me? But hey, at least I have a small harem on kick, I guess, to make up for the loneliness in my heart right now. I don't know. I think that makes sense. You're- giving these guys attention who are i'm saying it's like totally fine too but like you're giving these guys attention who probably don't probably get much attention you know i'm a little bit more upset the fact that like i was tagging anime on omegle and no one talks about anime damn like they talk about three anime have you seen attack on titan do you like my hero academia do you like sir line and I'm just like, can we talk about something else in a little bit more in depth than just like, and can we not role play? I don't really want to role play. Thanks. Why not? I mean, I'm not against role playing. I just don't want to right now. Mm. And I definitely don't want to with you. I wanted to have a nice conversation about anime and what shows you liked and seiyus and what openings you enjoy. But no, they all just want ASL and can I have your Snapchat? Mm. Apparently Snapchat is the new kick. Well, fan, you made it. Because now you have applied anime. Talk about anime to your heart's content. I know. And I won't ask you for your ASL. 
Yeah, because you already know my ASL. Congrats. I also, like, don't want a harem because it's just fucking stressful. If I was in the middle of a harem, I'd want to be, like, the not knowledgeable harem person that, like, doesn't realize they're in the middle of a harem. Right. So then I don't have to feel the stress of all the people that all, like, are in love with me. Right. Well, thank you. I mean, it's not necessarily responsibility per se, but, you know, like, yeah, like, your actions influence a lot of people and probably going to end up hurting one or more people, whether or not you intend to. That is a very stressful situation. I think realistically, it's not one you'd want to be in. Yeah, because I'm a heartbreaker. I want a harem of people who aren't interested in me romantically, but just love my music. Isn't that just called fans? Yeah, I want fans. (laughs) That's not even a harem. What the fuck? Kind of a harem. Not really, no. Yeah, I think the kind of the, the lesson here is that harems don't really work. Real life. I don't know. Like, I feel like IRL harems, you don't even realize you're really in a harem till you're in the middle of it. And you're like, oh shit, I'm in the middle of a harem. And then by then you've usually chosen someone. So then I guess some people's feelings get hurt. But it's okay. They probably weren't going to tell you anyway. Well, but again, that's to say if you are polygamous or you know how to operate outside of monogamy, then nothing wrong with that. I mean, some people agree to do things with other people outside their partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. But I'm not that one doesn't of necessarily people. mean a harem either, you know. That's fair. And you were talking about Nisekoi. Yeah, so Nisekoi is a show about a guy named Ichijo, Raku Ichijo, who is a high school student who is in love with his good friend Onodera. They've been friends for a while, and she is in love with him. And of course, they don't realize uh, that their feelings are mutual, and so they're always super embarrassed thinking about each other and assuming that the other person is annoyed by them or that they don't actually like each other. But the plot kind of starts out where Ichijo is the son of a big Yakuza leader. And the other important thing to note is that 10 years ago, he made this promise with this girl. He doesn't remember what the promise is about, really, at first, um, but he just knows that he has this like big giant like locket thing with a keyhole on it, and the the girl has the key to unlock it um, as part of their promise to each other. So this girl, Chitoge, transfers in one day, and she, like, knees him in the face because she, like, jumps over the fence and blah, blah, blah. And so as, you, as you've kind of described, she's, like, a sort of spunky sort of tsundere girl. And so they get off on, like, really, like, the wrong foot because... Her, like, kneeing him in the face means that he, like, lost his locket in the grass somewhere. And so he has to, like, spend all this time looking for it. And he, like, insists on her helping him look for it because she's the reason he lost it in the first place. But she doesn't, at least seems as though she doesn't want to help him. And um, they're just, they refer to each other 
Um, she calls him a bean sprout, and he calls her a gorilla. Um, so they're not too terribly fond of each other. But of course, as it turns out, um, she is also part of a rival Yakuza gang. Or I guess hers hers is more of like a mafia than Yakuza. As it turns out, there's going to be this big war between the two criminal factions. And in order to prevent the war, um, the two leaders who are their respective parents say, okay, you, you two need to pretend to be in a relationship for the next three years. Because if you two are together or seen together, then our gangs won't fight each other because they'll want you to be happy together, which itself is just an interesting premise. And so basically he is trying to pretend to be her boyfriend, even though they, at least on the surface, appear to hate each other. The comedy is that they fake their relationship in front of the people, and so mm-hmm. they, like, go over the top about it. And it's just yeah. kind of funny, because they're like, dying! And, like, all that other stuff, and they're just yeah. like, and you're like, oh my god. And then, like, they all turn away, and they're, like, glaring at each other with, like, the line between them. Mm-hmm. And so... Basically, the plot is him trying to figure out which girl is the one who can unlock his locket. As it turns out, Chitoge herself has a key and a memory of of doing this, like hanging out in Japan 10 years ago with this guy and making a promise. However, so does Onodera. And there's another girl who comes in near the end of the first season named Marika, and she claims to be the one specifically to have made the promise with him and that she is supposedly his fiance and has been waiting for him for the last 10 years. So she kind of like throws a wrench in what appears to be a developing rivalry, at least in terms of plot, not on the face of it, but between Chitoge or Onodera. And he kind of builds it up as like, okay, which girl is it? And then she kind of throws a whole wrench in the dichotomy there and says, no, it's actually me. And you've never seen me before. At least the viewer has never seen her before. Um, and then there's also this bodyguard, more or less, for Chitoge. And her name is Sugumi. Basically, um, is very much a tomboy and is, is super protective of Chitoge. But then, as it turns out, she also appears to kind of have feelings for Raku as well. But she is definitely less central than Chitoge, Onidera, or... Marika. So that's basically the show. I watched this soon after finishing Quintessential Quintuplets. Just in terms of the viewing experience, it was an entirely different thing. Because it's really well animated. It's by fucking Shaft. Shaft just has good anime. Yeah, it's just really fantastic animation. I felt like the setting itself, they're in the school, but it feels really um, ethereal. Yeah. It feels like they're in heaven in a Weird. way. Like the halls are, are always like really, there's like tons of light pouring in. The windows are huge and there's all these like bronze like arches going through them. And it's all like white and gold. It's all very ornate. And then like a lot of times they'll just like show the sky as like almost as if they're like in the clouds or like in their, like in some other dimension. A lot of times it, it's very explicitly like surreal. And a lot of the settings that they are, they're in. Not always. Sometimes it's just portrayed as like a normal high school. Everything looks pretty normal. But a lot of times, and especially I think in the earlier episodes, like the pilot especially, it, they really like to show it as like this. They're almost like in this abstracted place. And it seems to draw sort of attention to the fact that it's not a real 
school. It's not trying to come across as like a real scenario or anything. And like they'll be shooting guns. So Sugumi like will chase Raku around with like a rocket launcher, right? Or like tons of different guns and just chase him around the, the school and shoot at him. Like obviously that's not even remotely like realistic. Or even just like the premise of her like jumping over the fence, kneeing him in the face. Like, these aren't real places, these aren't real scenarios, and yet it still creates this really compelling uh, environment. And in fact, for me, I was almost more engrossed by it um, than it has, like, this sort of just surreal tint to it, in a way, for an otherwise pretty... Uh, uh, Realistic anime? Yeah, or at least the plot itself doesn't, it doesn't, like, stray into abstraction or, or weird territory ever at least in the way that it's written, but the animation pulls it in a different direction, which I thought was interesting. I think Nisekoi in general just has is a really good, interesting plot, though, too, compared to a lot of other harem series. I think they just do a really good job of setting up a fun plot for the show, which makes it better than a lot of other ones. Because usually, like, you have your generic, oh, this guy has lived in this town years ago, and suddenly he's back, and now he's meeting all these people that he's doesn't remember from another time where they all remember him and there's like a lot of history and drama. I think the the mystery of the keys just keeps you on your toes on top of like because not only are you like wanting one of the girls to win but then you're also like what happens with who has the key to the locket like there's so many things that pull you into really like caring about the show along with like all the girls I think the girls themselves are just really fun characters and they do a really good job of making you like them I mean I cheated and read the ending of Nisekoi the manga so that shows you how much I actually cared about this series enough to find out how it actually ended you would hope for another anime but I guess we didn't get one I think Chitoge in particular is a, just a really really well designed character I thought she was her development from the beginning to the end just really worked well they obviously she's a sundere but she has really like human moments where and partially out of necessity where because she has to work together with raku in order to save their families from killing each other um like she has to like really be on his side and like really help him out in certain ways and he has to do the same for her even when they don't they at least outwardly seem reluctant about it um, but the fact that they're like able to put aside their rivalry to like genuinely help out each other um, and like work together really humanizes them and really kind of shows like this is how they can get along. Like it like gives them a lot of room to sort of reverse the idea that their relationship is exclusively hating each other. And I think those moments like really shine through. Which is interesting because kind of at the end of the first season is where we kind of see the stress test limit of that, where like Chitoge is like really deeply insulted by him and also trying to deal with the fact that she's starting to realize that she has feelings for him. It's it's not that she will tolerate him as like a rival or whatever and like, oh, I don't want to, I have to deal with this dumbass guy, ha ha ha. Um, but it's actually like she doesn't like she's really hurt and she doesn't want to be around him. But then that's the point where they like really need to work together to get um, the play put on at the end. And so she is willing to work together with him to do that. And it kind of becomes is it Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Just making sure it's the cliche play that every single anime chooses. But yeah, I thought that I thought her character development was really good, and I also thought that the way that they actually paced out how characters are revealing particular information and learning things from each other was good and surprising in some ways because they definitely caught me off guard, at least in terms of what they chose to reveal when. Like, it wasn't necessarily that they were keeping the same pace of, like, plot progression from start to finish either. Sometimes it would be like, okay, this information is revealed, and then, oh, suddenly now it's being shared with everyone. Just like, oh, the characters decided this was information they needed to share with each other, and so they did. It's like, oh, that was really fast. I thought this was going to be, like, a four-episode thing where... Uh, Raku knows this thing, but Chitoge doesn't, and they're trying to dance around it. But other times, that information does get withheld. Mm-hmm. I just remember Nisekoi just being like an overall good show. I do remember like a lot of the character growth, and I think that's some of the that's some just skill in writing characters, though, is being able to one know your pacing and two like slowly change characters over time. I think that's one of the most beautiful things, though, about Sundedes in general that some people maybe don't appreciate is, like, how much a Sundede character, if they're well-written, can actually change over time from watching them get, like, really aggressive and just being straight-up raw to, like, softening up, being more conscious of not only themselves but of the other person, showing more of their, like, softer side of not getting angry maybe as fast. I mean, of course, the main character has to be like, why are you acting this way? Because it's so different. And her smacking him then for commenting on the fact that she's not slapping him previously. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's nice to see like an actual character development. Whereas like with Onadira, I do think she gets like, maybe at some point gets a little bit bolder. But like, I just, I think the thing with me and quiet characters is that like, they just really remain statically quiet. And it's nice to see when they do change, but it's so slow usually that you never get to see it. And I'm just like, come on, like, chop, chop. I get that you're timid. And I think I like that about Miku, honestly, from Quintessential, is that she is a, she's the quiet girl, right, of the group. But she's almost one of the most bold in a way, too, sometimes. Yeah, Compared to her sisters. It comes partially because I think she's the most clear-sighted about how she feels, too. Yeah, that's fair. Which is interesting to see in a character like that. You'd expect an outwardly quiet character to be more on the fence. I don't know what I want, blah, blah, blah. But it's not really how it works. Well, you have to go through the whole sing- song and dance of, I don't know how I feel, yeah, 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 to how do I tell him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a whole nother arc with that one character. But she does have like a, when they're on the dock at the beach, I think she just asks him if he wants to kiss. Right. And then it turns out he was asleep when she said it. And it's like, well, she just had like a really extremely bold moment and you were asleep for it. Which one are we talking about? Are we talking about Nisekoi? Are we talking about. Yeah, sorry. I'm talking about Nisekoi now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also a very cliche harem thing, though, too. Is the. I'm going to say something really important. And then they're just like conked out next to them. They're like, well, I was bold for a minute. And now I feel very less bold because one, yeah. I never got a response, and two, you were fucking asleep and I have to do it again. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is like with building up the suspense of um, like I was losing my shit when he was at Chitoge's birthday party and they decide, like they're talking out on the balcony and they're like, oh, let's put the key in the 
Let me put my key in your lock. And then everyone's like, what's gonna happen? The fucking thing breaks, and you're like, what the fuck? Why? And the way they built it up, too, I was like, it's not gonna happen. She's she's gonna chicken out. And they were building it up that way, too. Like, they're not gonna... They're just gonna talk their way out of it. They're just gonna be like, oh, it'd be so absurd to even suggest the idea that, that these could possibly fit. So why even try? I was like, if you talk yourself out of this, I'm gonna throw my laptop out the window but no they actually did it she put the key in the keyhole and it broke off and that that was i was bamboozled by that i was not expecting that at all when i saw the key turn in the lock i was like oh my god what how are they gonna do this and sure enough sure enough they still had enough to create another season well and in fact that that specific means of dealing with the problem became the way of preventing onadera from being able to test her key out yeah so it, it was really like a genius way of um prolonging the series yeah and it was like just in time too because they were talking about oh let's try it out like after we go to her birthday party because we're in a rush right now mm-hmm. but alas i do remember that scene and remember getting frustrated God. with it too but like i mean that's the beauty of nisekoi nisekoi is just a really well crafted story and like i mean i miss having good series like that don't get me wrong it does outshine the rest. I still think that, yeah, it is... I never knew that Nisekoi was apparently a little bit lower than Quintessential, but you also have to know that Quintessential's newer and that, like, it's gonna have higher ratings because it's just newer and been a bit... It's They're basically the same. It's it's a point zero three difference. It's sad that they're the same, though, because I think Nisekoi is better written. Except maybe people are biased because of the second season being trash. Right. Well, they should rank the second season, then, not the first season. They do rank the second season at, like, an entire point less than the first. Or at least I did. It's just really dynamic. There's always something going on, and the characters are just all really fun, and the world is just really fun, and, like, everything's just so well-crafted. If seriously, if you guys haven't tried it yet, I would suggest Nisekoi if you like if you enjoy a good like rom com. I think that it deserves more love than apparently it's been getting, so we can raise the score. Yeah. I mean even like the character like Marika, I assumed would be like really like hated in a way because That's like Elastora's favorite character. Oh really? Yeah, Elastora loves Marika. Interesting. I mean, it makes it funnier because she's, like, the daughter of the police chief and, like, in love with the Yakuza. Right. <laughs> the son who's going to take over the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. Just structurally, it's really interesting to see the way they build it up as, okay, it's Chitoge or Onodera. It's one of those two, for yeah. sure. So comparing it to quintessential quintuplets, You're like, the here's the sixth sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that doesn't happen. It's structurally very weird to do that. It's like... It would be like, again, the, in The Bachelor, like, we're three-fourths of the way through the season, here's this random girl who suddenly has this claim to The Bachelor that no one else has. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's not fair at all. Um, but it's, it's that, like, sense... kind of a side character, though, later. It's just the sense of her being able to intrude upon the plot in such an aggressive way that just totally upends so much is really cool to see. And, like, the way that they, they actually, like, do it well. I wish there were more series that were willing to like i don't know take risks like that sorry i was just thinking about how biased i am i think i'm biased against this series too because i hated their why schwartz desk it was too strong okay 
I'm allowed to be biased about that. That was stupid. Like, you shouldn't have that many powers in a single deck. They actually banned a bunch of the cards because they were too strong. Wow. Like, fuck that shit. Fuck you, Elastora, for playing the Nisekoi deck. I will just say, I think Chitoge obviously deserves to win, but that's just- That's because Chitoge is the fucking best girl. Yeah. Also like, no played question. by Taoyama now, who has some of the best broken English, and I love it. Every time she speaks oh. in English in any show. Thank you for saving me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have hit you. I will say Kanahanazawa's in this fucking show too, though. Oh, hey, there you go. There's your connection. She goes from being Onodera the quiet girl to being the older sister girl. Pink quintessential. If you ever have to guess one voice actress in any show, just say Kanahanazawa and you're probably gonna be right. Anywho, the weird, the wild, the wacky. So, as we mentioned before, there are some series that kind of break the mold of the harem, which I kind of enjoy. I, I like shows that break away from, like, the norms, right? Like, You Have Scum's Wish, for example. That's a different way of breaking the norm, but... And a beautiful rendition of Breaking the Norm. But anyway, I digress. The show we talked about earlier is, um, one of them we talked about earlier at least was a, go a World God Only Knows, which I actually really enjoy as a series, and I think it's really fun. It's cool to see, like, this guy take his knowledge of visual novels and, like, transform them into winning over girls' hearts and seeing how not different the real world is from his video games, which, guys, don't believe everything you see. It's not always like that. I will say I have a bad habit of putting my hair up too when I'm getting serious, but besides that, like, I do think there's a little bit of, like, truth in it. Like, you know, it's, there's this one point where he's, like, helping one of the girls win over this guy, and he's, like, the bigger, like, impact you have of, like, the first meeting, um, the more, like, more noticeable, I guess, you'll be to the guy to then, like, be interested in you. That might have a little bit of, like, truth to it. The thing that never really got concluded in The World God Only Knows is I kind of liked him with Elsie or the like the spirit girl but that like never became a thing because she was too derpy. I, w I wonder if that ever did but I do I think that kind of harem is interesting because it's not like he actually grows a harem because all the girls once they fall in love with him pretty much forget his existence except for maybe one but uh, uh anyway I think that's what kind of makes that one interesting but I think it also is a little bit different than a harem series. The one of the new ones that came out that I think was actually really funny and interesting that Dodo has seen is um, My Next Life as a Villainess. I think that series is a little, is different and it kind of breaks the mold and I kind of love it in a lot of ways. There's not a lot of series, and by not a lot I mean like this is like one of the few, where the main protagonist has a harem, or I guess in this case a reverse harem, of males and females and like the females aren't acting as males right like they're actually just females and i think that's actually really cool in the sense of like it's really it's the plot is super fun because of it too and i just love the fact that like all these people are pining after her and she just has no fucking clue like they have a slumber party with all the girls over she's like who do you who are you guys in love with because she's concerned about like mainly the heroine being in love with one of the other males and her getting a bad ending but all of them are just like uh like i just like somebody who is like you and then she's like oh okay i don't get it <laughs> you're just like god damn it but it's just really fun and i'm glad that they're opening up to the idea of like having more open you know harems another thing that i like yuri manga a lot 
Um, and one of my favorite Yuri mangas that I've read is, um, the series is called Chitsu Rakuen. I really like this manga because it's about, like, this, there's this academy, and at the academy, um, there's, like, this huge virtual reality game going on. The sad part is, like, all the, all the men that are fighting have these special gloves on, but all the females are, like, weapons. And so, like, men pretty much, like, claim the females in the school as their weapons and fight each other to try and be the top. And then you have the main girl character, Sora, who comes in, who somehow also has, like, the ability to fight, like, a male. And she ends up, you know, saving these girls from these men that are really horrible to them. Um, and kind of pretty much creating her own harem. And I love it because, like, it's just really cool to see that and, like, see a really powerful female character. And, like, the, I don't know, the, the part I liked about this show was not only, like, oh, they, like, made men the, like, the big bad, right? Because these men are, like, treating these females wrong. But they really also kind of go in depth about the guys being, like, I don't know if I necessarily wanted to treat these girls this bad, but because, like, all these other guys were doing it and, like, you know, they kind of go in a little bit about the masculinity about it, too, which I thought was interesting. And not just, like, really one-sided, like, we should hate men mentality of it, too, you know? But I really like the concept of having, like, a female lead with, like, a bunch of girls and having her own, like, revert. like, I don't even- is it still a reverse harem? I guess it is. She still has a reverse harem, but it's all full of girls, and it was awesome! Um, so going back to anime, there was actually an anime that also kind of had that same feeling, right? It's called Angie Virage, and it came out, like, I don't know, a few years ago. It's like a total B-rated anime, C-rated anime. And I, I don't know why, but I really love the opening, and I'm gonna force Dodo to put it in here. The song is called Love Is My Rail. It's a show where, like, these girls are, like, they're fighting, like, a big bad robot-y thing, I think. Or maybe they're fighting each other. I honestly don't remember most of the show. But, like, each battle person has, like, multiple... Or, like, think about it like Kantai, right? Where, like, you have one person fighting and you just have, like, a bunch of different, like, fighter types. And so the person who, like, owns the other girls, like, gets in trouble in some sort of way. So, like, her friends slash, like, weapons, I guess, have to save her. But, like, at the same time, it was just really cool to see her be, like, I don't know, she had her own little harem of, like, all these females, and it was awesome. And it made it even better because the main girl character was played by the woman who plays the Kuda Kuda girl, Yukari Tamura. I love her. But, um, I wonder if there's a yaoi that's kind of like that, too. I haven't actually seen one yet. I, can, I also don't look into my yaoi's that much. I don't know, was Kiss Him Not Me was only, like, really relevant because it was a girl who went from being like really fat to being really beautiful i think so i don't think that's as like it was a fun show but like i think that was more of the relevance of that compared to like it being a, a reverse harem <clears throat> i mean it was a little yaoi and that was the fun part like she like tried to pair the the guys in her harem with each other because like who doesn't enjoy doing that but too i don't know there's a lot of fun harems there's a lot of mediocre harems you, you kind of just gotta pick and choose your battles but um, it's really easy to find, for sure, and like you'll figure out what your type is too. Uh, yeah, I would I would imagine the most interesting ones are those that really try to break the mold. The final show I wanted to talk about, actually about breaking the mold, that I promised you earlier, was actually To Love Rue. 
funny enough, like the so to lover is interesting because it's like multiple seasons. It starts off kind of like the generic. So you have a main guy character. His name's Rito, and he's totally in love with this girl named Haruna, and like has been for years. And she's in love with him. It's the cleat. Like it's very Onodera, and like um whatever his name is from Nisekoi. Like think of that, and then. Instead of, like, a Sundere girl showing up, you have to think of the most cutesy, bubbly, adorable girl alien shows up one day in Rito's life and, like, starts living with him. I think what happens, actually, is that she appears in his bathtub and he accidentally grabs her boobs. And in, like, the Devil Luke nation, grabbing someone's boobs is, like, proposing to them. (laughs) And so, like, in the next, like, first episode or whatever, they end up being, like, engaged or something. But, like, the show itself just kind of follows them going through school life with him and his new alien friend <clears throat> or girlfriend or, like, at least love interest. And then him, like, kind of getting closer to Haruna and then, like, there's a bunch of other aliens that suddenly show up. He has a younger sister. And, like, the show goes from, like, having these two main girls that are, like, his two love interests. And now I think there's, at the end of, like, four seasons, I think there's... 12 girls interested in him because like Lala the main girl character alien that came from out of space or whatever she has two younger sisters that are twins so Momo has this huge plan because you know like they're aliens right and if Rito marries her sister Lala that means that together he's now the like king of the devil Luke nation or whatever their nation is and if he's an alien king Alien kings don't have to go by the same rules as Earth people, thus he can then actually have a harem and accept all the girls that love him into, like, this polygamous relationship. So her end goal is to convince him to marry her sister so then she can be part of his huge-ass harem of girls. And I'm kind of curious to know if that's the real end goal the author's actually gonna go for, or if it's gonna be, like... He actually chooses between Lala and Haruna, who at this point are literally side characters. Because there's just that many new girls that have just shown up. Also, can we- the reason I laughed earlier, though, was because fucking Mikan, his sister, is played by Kanahanazawa. She's everywhere today. She's actually everywhere, though. If you look at her MAL list, she's just in every single series you could ever think of. But yeah, so... I think that's an interesting twist. It'd be interesting to see if some more stuff like that happens, but at the same time, that would be very much like questioning the sanctity of marriage in Japan. So it might be a little hard to have more shows like that unless you're like outer space aliens that can break the mold, you know? But even then, you have to get over the biases of Rito and his own thoughts on like marriage and love and like the idea of commitment too. So yeah, it's interesting. Keeps you on your toes. Indeed. But yeah, okay, I'm ready for my punishment. Well, I have one queued up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried and true fan favorite today, our expert review. Now, fan, there's something I've noticed a lot that I pointed out a while ago is that in a lot of these expert reviews, we frequently see our reviewers turning back to k as a reference point, oh, they say, K on no. this, K on Why? that. Why? Why isn't this it. as good as K on? Why can't no, this be more like K on? K on, be nice. Today I said we gotta go straight to the source, no. and so, Fayon, it is time for an expert review on K on <laughs> from <laughs> none other than our expert uh, Charlie Gone. Oh. 
Charlie gone, you fucker. Uh, well, Charlie gone to university to study anime studies, and so obviously is more well versed on this than you. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> let's let's begin. Oh, by the way, overall rating of two. <laughs> I can write many single words to describe my feelings towards Kaon, but I'll try to convey them in a small review. Story. Story. What story? There is none. It is a slice-of-life show, and I really mean they just take a slice out of anything they find amusing, which I probably didn't, and put it in the show. A day in the life of a high school girl who happens to be in the light music club. Some of these, quote, slices, though tend to lead to very boring, and I mean boring, episodes. I think I was asleep half of the season watching this, which is good, because I had more energy then when I think about it. Then they throw in some moeyness. How much of it? Constantly. Yup. I mean, every episode is a freaking Moe blob. I don't hate or love Moe, but Jesus, guys, can you ease up on it for a bit? I'm not Takanashi from working here. So for story, a pathetic one. Okay. Story is one? Mm-hmm. Or you, you were asleep for half of the season, right? Yep. First season. Definitely. Sounds right. Art. Hmm. At first I thought it was decent, but when I further look at it, it was pretty mediocre. That fuzziness effect they try to do when moving around is, in my opinion, just lazy in animation. What fucking old ass anime. It really takes away from what otherwise could be some decent artwork. Not to mention the fact that we are constantly bombarded with chibi and moe images. After a while, it just plain gets you so pissed off you want to step on some ants. Yeah, really wanted to step on some ants there. Yeah, just lazy animation, That was just right? what I was feeling. Yeah, lazy animation. Cool. Uh, sound. There are some catchy songs in this show, which is a nice touch for a band slash slice of life type show, but it just isn't good enough to save it from the utter crapness of the rest of the show. Decent seven. Seven for sound. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't love the opening. I like the endings more. Character character is dreadful none of them have character they are so predictable and boring no wonder no guys are in this show none of them would like these idiots wow just think of them as kim kardashian clones without the hot body that's what the characters of kaon are like i give it a at least a couple times i laughed a couple (laughs) okay then god damn Tell us how you really feel, you lonely fucker. I love framing this as no guy would like these characters, thus they're just idiots. Yeah, because no guys would like them, thus they're idiots. That's how the world works. Just Kim Kardashian clones, right? Uh-huh, yeah, Kim Kardashian clones. That's, yeah, just put Kim Kardashian in a white and blue striped panties and have her trip on a stage, and that's, that's Mio Kardashian. There it is. <laughs> Yeah. Put her in a maid outfit and she's still Mio Kardashian. No character at all. I mean, these are the insightful critiques that we look for in our expert reviews. That's, that's definitely something. Enjoyment slash overall, which is, of course, its own category. Mm-hmm. When I finished this show, I just kind of stood there and thought to myself, is that it? Is this what people were raving about? How cool it was? Blah, blah. I think I need to bet my head against a wall a few times to see what these raving reviews see, because frankly, I don't see it. Kaon, to put it simply, is stupid. Hell, it's even worse than the harem anime types, 
or those old 15 FPS animes that bombard you with violence. And to think I thought that the second season would be better. Why the fuck do you watch the second season if you didn't like the first, you dumb shit? Rating of 2 out of 10. That's a 20%. Kan's literally actually about cute girls doing cute things and drinking tea and singing songs. That's literally all it is. It's a moe dump. Oh my god. Why'd you even try it? Who hurt you? But yep, Kan was such a horrible series and I can't believe I ever watched it five times now and owned the series myself. Oh, what a waste of time. What a waste of money. Mm-hmm. How could I ever spend money and cry over a series like that? Hot damn. We all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, we can move on now because that was just cruel. Thank you all for listening to our episode this week. Hope you enjoyed talking about harem anime. What type of girl would you want to win in your harem? Or guy. Or guy. Or anyone. Let us know on Anchor at listen.appliedanime.com or you can message us. Or on our website at appliedanime.com, where you can join our Discord channel and message us. Or you can tell us on Twitter at twitter.appliedanime.com, or message us. Van, what are we talking about in our next episode? In our next episode, we're talking about symbolism in anime. And tropes. Thank you again for listening to Applied Anime. This has been Van. And Dodo Ballet. Running off. So grumpy. I like Kayla. わがままな汗いかくがなおさらいとしくさせたわがままな汗いかくがなおさらいとしくさせたわんのチェンス気をわんのチェンス次はチェンス